Welcome to One Girl in All the World, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer rewatch podcast where we recap each episode in order and discuss. I'm Ashley, Buffy super fan. I'm Kimmy, Buffy newbie. You can find us on all major podcast apps, YouTube and Instagram, with new episodes on Tuesdays. So today we are talking about season one, episode eleven, out of my, out of sight, out of mind. Whew, this was a this was an interesting episode. Yeah, it was yeah. dark. It was sad, actually. It was, yeah, it was sad. I found it, it was really sad. One of the darker episodes of the season yeah. so far. Yeah. Yep. Overall, what did you think? I liked it overall. It had some very interesting character development with a character that I don't <laughs> like. So yeah, yeah. Ooh, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> so yeah, I thought it was interesting. Okay, cool. So we'll, we'll dive into it. Out of Mind, Out of Sight originally aired on May 19th, 1997. It, the story is by Josh Wheaton and Ashley Gable, and then the teleplay slash screenplay uh, was Thomas A. Swyden, and it was directed by Riza Badaldi. Uh, that's wrong, but <laughs> I'm so bad at pronouncing things. I'm sorry, Riza. All right, and then the synopsis is Buffy and Cordelia become unlikely allies to combat an invisible spirit that has targeted Cordelia and everyone around her. Meanwhile, Andrew goes to Giles to warn him that Buffy could be in grave danger. All right. Yeah, I wasn't expecting uh, Buffy and Cordelia to team up. Yeah. That was quite the surprise. Yeah. All right, so we start the episode with another Slayer opening. I'm hoping we only get this one more time after this because we only have one next week is <laughs> the season finale. That's right. Yeah, so I'm going to be actually like, have a whole, I'm going to have a half an hour rant on season two, episode one, if Hulu still has this on. Okay. <laughs> look forward to that. Don't miss that episode if, the, <laughs> if it's still there. So we have the Slayer opening, and then we start out in the hallway, and we have Cordy, Harmony, and her boyfriend, Mitch, are walking down and they're talking about spring, like school, like at the end of spring, school getting out, the May, the May dance or whatever. And Cordelia wants to be the May queen. That's right. And she had her dress specially made for this. Of course. That's she said, what did, didn't she say at one point, off the rack makes her... <laughs> Itchy or something? Like break out, yeah, something like or itchy or hives. hives or something, something like that. So Cordy doesn't like to wear off-the-rack clothing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's all I own. He's very privileged. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't think of anything I've ever had that's been – I've had things, like, like really altered, but never, like, made for me. Specifically for you, yeah. Yeah, that I can think of. Yeah, so, yeah, Cordy don't play that way. <laughs> So they're walking uh, down the hallway talking about all this, what they're looking forward to it, and Cordelia just says it's like basically implies it's a foregone conclusion that she is going to win May Queen. Of course. Buffy comes rushing out of the library and bumps into them and spills her bag of all <laughs> kinds of weapons. It's like one of them was what, like a, like a mace or yeah. what? Like, yeah. what? Lots of stakes, a mace. There was a, a cross, like just all, the normal things you'd find in a medieval a teenager's bag at school and she's like they all look down at her she's like i bet you wonder what i'm doing with all this stuff and i'm like no not really but she still goes on to explain she could have just said okay because they don't care what she's up to they really don't care but she said that she's basically doing a history project and mr giles the librarian has all this like cool collection so he's letting her bar for show and tell because you have show and tell in high school exactly that happens in high school so they don't care, and they walk off, and Cordelia wants to, again, regale people of the story of when Buffy attacked her with a stick at the bronze. Attacked. Right. And then, yeah. like, they're making fun of her as they leave, and I don't know, Buffy does look actually visibly upset, whereas normally I feel like she kind of shakes that 
stuff off and this today she looked like upset about it yeah she's stung by that one mm-hmm. like letting like what wacko whack jobs or whatever Cordelia what calls said. her yeah. yeah like into the school and yeah it does Buffy gets this is a sore spot for Buffy this whole episode it is yeah. and this is the first time we see that like she just let, let it get to her at this point and the only time we I think we ever saw that clearly was at the beginning of the pack when Kyle and his goons were talking to her and she was kind of giving it back within then she did get like her feelings were hurt genuinely so we see that again here and we go to the classroom it's English class and there Miss Miller is the teacher and she's talking about the Merchant of Venice which is a Shakespeare play have you ever read this I we have didn't not have to read that one in high school okay. yeah, no. we I didn't, didn't realize either. I didn't realize there's a Merchant of Venice actually yeah, I didn't read it either. I had to. I looked it up. <laughs> okay. okay, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, so it's about a merchant in Venice, go figure, named Antonio, who defaults on a loan from a Jewish moneylender, Skylock. Mm-hmm. So when she's talking, it's a speech from Skylock is what she's yeah. actually saying in the in that moment in the in the classroom. She talks about the anger of outcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says that so he's a Jewish moneylender in Venice, and <laughs> Cordelia is like, oh, he's just whining. Because he's talking about, he's talking about like, what it's like to be a, a Jew in uh, in Venice at that time. Which would be hard, I would think. Yeah, like the prejudice that he would face. And she's <laughs> exactly. like, oh, he's whining. Racism. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's whining and that he's making it all about him. And that, it's a t- Twinkie defense. Yeah. Do you know what the Twinkie defense is? <laughs> no, but it sounds okay. so mean. Yeah, I, I've heard it. Like, I know, like, I knew this reference. I've never heard it before. But I did have to refresh my memory because I wanted to, like, just, you know, not say the wrong thing. So, basically, do you know who Harvey Milk is? Yes. Okay. So, you know how he was killed by, like, Dan White, who was another politician, mm-hmm. and also the mayor of San Francisco was killed? Yep. He, so, during that murder trial... He said that his depression that caused him to commit these murders was uh, caused by, in part by a bad diet of, like, sugar, a lot of sugar, What's and part of that was Twinkies. Oh, my God. Seriously? So that's become a, like, little saying for what people when you say your defense is, like, weak and ridiculous. The no. Twinkie defense. If you have a Twinkie defense, it means, like, yeah, you don't have a leg to stand on. Like, that's ridiculous. Twinkies whatever you're, made me do it? Whatever, yeah, exactly. So whatever you're trying to, like, so whatever Willow had said, she's saying, like, that's a weak defense. Okay. So that's what the Twinkie defense means. Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. All right. Yeah. And she says that, like, one time I hit a girl with my car, <laughs> and she made it all about her, about her leg. What about me? It was traumatic. Like I couldn't believe she was saying that. Yeah. You can't? Yeah, she was like, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> Doesn't appreciate people complaining about their issues. No. And, but, you okay, all of this, like, we know, all Courtney's ridiculous. Everything she's saying is ridiculous. She's so But upset. she's engaged in class. She is. And she actually did read it, and she... Obviously understood it. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have to give her credit for that. Yeah. In this Um, episode, I definitely feel like we see her as a better student, even if she's ridiculous, than we had maybe given her, that I had given her credit for. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Because this is a detail that I had forgotten on previous rewatches and stuff. So yeah, she's like an engaged, and we see see that more a little bit later in the scene. Like she's an engaged student. Yep. She wants to do well. Yeah. She wants to do well. Yeah. Um, I thought with this scene, um, like when they were talking about the anger of the outcast, I thought that was kind of nice foreshadowing. Mm hmm. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. And that's exactly why they picked it. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she 
Shakespeare's always good for for Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is it? But not why. So, yeah, that's very good. That's very uh, balanced out. <laughs> and Joss Whedon is a huge Shakespeare fan. So there is oh, okay. Shakespeare, like, mentioned, implied, like, uh, metaphors for Shakespeare, like, through this entire show, like, everywhere. Okay. I'm going to have to so pay closer attention. this will not be the last time. Okay. It probably isn't even the first time. I probably missed other, other like, nods to Shakespeare. But, like, sure. everywhere on the okay. show. Okay. Yeah. So at the end of class, Cordelia asks Miss Miller if she's having problems coming up with like kind of like a, a coherent theme for her final paper or whatever. And she wants the teacher to like she to help her figure out what, you know, what your thoughts are all contradicting mm-hmm. each other. And she's just like, yeah, come over. Come here. No, come over. Not like Miss uh, Miss French. Don't come <laughs> over to my house. <laughs> she's not a pragmatist. So I can mate with you. No. Come yeah. to the classroom where it's, you know, door open. Everything's legit. Thank you, Miss Miller, for showing us how <laughs> it's supposed to be done. Uh, um, yes, yeah, so she'll go there and help her with homework. So or with her project. So, yeah, Cordelia's asking for more help from the teacher. I thought there was a nice touch in this scene where, like, when Cordelia goes up to the teacher at the end of class and the teacher was like, oh, you have interesting insights because she's trying to be encouraging, even though she may not agree with everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, I'm glad to know someone actually did the reading. And then Willow's behind Cordelia and you can see her visibly roll her eyes. She does. Yeah, I was going to I was trying to remember. I didn't put that in my notes, but I had seen that. I was going to hopefully I remembered and I didn't remember. The only reason I noticed that is because I had to pause it to write my note. And then I when I unpaused it, I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Willow's like, oh, God, why are you giving her these accolades? Because Willow's like the star student, right? And I gotta tell you, these like few classroom scenes, these discussion discussion classroom scenes that we see, I have never in my life, so I went from kindergarten to a master's degree, so I've been in a lot of classrooms, like a lot of people have been in a lot of classrooms. I have never seen a more engaged conversation than in this episode. I've never been present in a classroom where the students are all throwing their hands up and they're like having this like heated discussion i have never really, really not not to this my, level my english class was like that not like no oh yeah we got really heated about stuff yeah no not to this oh, not to the level in, the, no. in this class especially high school okay. high school is okay. like silence the entire time really the only one i can think of is in college i took a comic book class and we like got heat it was like a debate about vigilantism Interesting. The pros and cons of it. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, I was just, like, really surprised by how... Even Xander was like, oh, I have something to say. Like, it just... I don't know. I had the Xander in my high school was like that, too, actually, in English class. Okay. Yeah, I don't oh, know. What do like, I know? I just... Well, it was this, like, this one teacher. She just really got us, like... To that helps. Stuff. She yeah, was that cool. Helps. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just me and the American school system. Okay, we won't say more about that. All right. <laughs> So Cordelia walks out of the classroom and meets up with Cordy and says that she's going to, that her dress is ready and that Mitch is going to die when he sees it. And then we go to the locker room. I didn't even make that connection. Okay. <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, we go to the locker room. Mitch is showering and there's some air quotes locker room talk when he gets to the locker with the other yeah, guys. I didn't like this. I thought this was gross. No, of course, because it is. <laughs> yeah. What did he, he say? He says, um, yeah, the, one of his friends, I want to... It got to look good on Cordelia's arm. He's like, it's not her arm I want to be looking good on. Or no. Not, yeah. yeah, not her it's arm her, I want to be on. I want to be on. That's right. Yeah. Ew. Gross. No, Mitch. Uh-uh. That's not okay. Yeah. I would hit him with that baseball bat. <laughs> so they're like, <laughs> bros so laughing, gross. bros chuckling. Yeah. And then they leave and he's getting ready. And on top of the locker in front of him, there's a baseball bat. And it just lifts up 
out of the air with nobody there and just starts beating the shit out of him. So weird. Yeah. So he just gets beat up and basically knocks him unconscious. Yeah. And That's then we go to bad. the yeah, and then we go to the credits. In the hallway, Cordy is canvassing the students with it looked like like just like a chocolate coin. Yeah. With a C on it. For, yeah. Obviously for for Cordelia. For for Wilma or Will Willa or whatever she Wilma. said. I think she said Wilma. Wilma. <laughs> yeah. Her, uh, poor Harm. She's so mean. Harm's a little cinnamon bun. <laughs> she doesn't give one to Buffy because she decides, oh yeah, you don't really want your vote. And Buffy's hurt by this. Yeah, she's, oh, yeah, I don't need the loony French vote. That's yeah. really mean. And Buffy's like, well, I don't even like chocolate. Um, <laughs> a so there. Yeah. So there, Cordelia. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't land. Didn't land. No, it didn't. Willow and Xander come over, and they are talking, they're talking about Cordelia, like, going, you know, above and beyond and way over the top about, like, her campaign for May Queen. And they kind of have these, because you don't have to remember, Buffy, they've only been friends with Buffy for less than a year, and Willow and Xander have been friends since, like, kindergarten. Mm-hmm. That's, like, I, like maybe even earlier than that. Yeah. So they have all this whole relationship History, that before Buffy jokes. came around. Yeah, so they have all these inside jokes about Cordelia in previous school years and stuff. And so they're, like, have all this, like, sh- like, like shorthand, re- like, vocabulary and stories and stuff. They know what the other one's thinking. And Buffy feels left out. You can tell yeah, by her. Yeah, she really does. By her... Buff, this is, Buffy's past looms large in this mm-hmm. episode. So she knows, like, she hasn't been around for this. She feels left out. Xander's like, who would want to, what would a moron would be the May Queen anyway? And Buffy reveals that she was their, Henry's version of the May Queen. Right. And that they had the dance and the coronation and everything and that she won and she was the, their version of the May Queen. She doesn't yeah. say what they actually called it, but yeah, that she had won that. Some, one of the students comes running down the hallway saying Mitch got walloped or beat up or whatever. I don't remember what the word is. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, I think he might be. And then Principal Snyder's like, not dead, not dead. Nobody's not dead. dead. He's like, no, but he said, no students, no dead students here this week. Yeah, that was said. my favorite line. <laughs> Principal Snyder was great in this episode. He was so funny. I mean, like, not like he's not a nice person. Not intentionally funny. He was funny. He was funny. <laughs> so they all rush over to, like, uh, the outside the locker room. And Mitch is being wheeled out in a stretcher. And Buffy says, what happened? He says, the baseball bat just lifted by itself and, like, beat me. It's like, mm-hmm. all by itself. And he gets reeled away. So Buffy's like, okay, obviously something weird's gone on. I need so to I'm, go investigate. I need to go investigate. And Schneider stops her from going in there. And she says, oh, uh, Mitch wanted me to get his comb. Right. So oh, weird. That's yeah, the first okay. thing that you could think of. Like, not like a book or I don't know. Uh, yeah, homework or something. <laughs> School, something. Schoolwork, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, I guess, if he's doing it with Cordelia, he's probably pretty vain. So maybe number one concern is his comb. But Snyder's like, no way, you can't go in there. And Willow and Xander distract him by saying that Mitch said he was going to sue the school. Mitch's dad is a powerful lawyer. lawyer. <laughs> and that, like, he, after that, Snyder couldn't care about Buffy. So while he's like, what have you heard about Mitch suing the school, Buffy can sneak into the locker room. Buffy, in the locker room, Buffy finds the bloody bat just laying on the floor. She kind of, like, toes it, like, okay, are you going to do something? Like, he just kind of nudges move? it, nudges it. And then she's kind of looking around Mitch's, the area of Mitch's locker and sees that look, L-O-O-K, is spray-painted onto the locker. So that was the word. Not bitch. That was the question. <laughs> right, that was my question. My yeah, question. look. This is a lot more peace, P pg than i was expecting yeah and uh more mysterious yes 
There's because no, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? In the cafeteria, Giles, jo- jo- Giles joins Buffy, Willow, and Xander and says, obviously they filled him in, and he says that it could be... Like a ghost, a poltergeist? It could be a poltergeist, it could be an invisible creature, or someone with telekinesis. So those are some some options. And then he's saying that's, of course, if the bat itself isn't possessed. Right, which... Hey, that would have been funny. You never know, I guess, in, funny. This, in this weird Buffy oh, yeah, yeah, anything's possible in Buffy, for sure. <laughs> So they kind of latch on to the, okay, let's, maybe the ghost thing is the most likely. So Willow, they ask Willow if she can pull a list of the dead slash missing kids from the school. Right. <laughs> like, because there's a list of kids that are dead or missing from the Nobody school. Nobody died this week, so obviously it's a trend. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is the exception, not the rule. So weird. Yeah. For dead, missing kids at Sunny, <laughs> Sunnydale High. So Giles asks Xander if he wants to help with the research because they all the other one you know they have their other tasks to do. This was and, a funny exchange. And Xander's like, "What? There's homework now." He's like, "Fine, you can go talk to Cordelia and like follow her around and see." And he's like, "Nope." Because these are two friends of Cordelia's, and he's like, "No, okay, I'll do research." So <laughs> research sounds pretty good now. Yeah. So they have kind of the plan for now. Outside, Cordelia tells Harmony that Mitch will be fine. Because she went to the hospital to see him. But she's so worried about how he's going to look in his prom pictures because he's all black and blue. That's so awful of her. Yeah. Like, he's going to ruin the pictures now because... she won't be able to show them to anybody. Yeah, she got beat up. And Harmony's like, you don't know, like, what... They can do amazing things with uh, spray guns or whatever. Like, uh, what are those, like, little... (sighs) Like, you put people's makeup on with it. Yeah. I'm forgetting the term. Anyway, you know what I mean. There was no Photoshop back then. Yeah, no Photoshop, so maybe you can put some makeup on them and make it better. So we see a flashback of someone, we, it's their POV, so we don't see who it is, is trying to talk to Cordelia and Harmony, and she's like, uh, we're not talking to you, do you mind, something like that. They're talking about Mitch breaking up with somebody and that he's already sniffing around. So this is like basically the beginning, the origin stories of Mitch and Cordelia's relationship. But somebody's trying to talk to them and they completely shut them down. Ignore them, yeah. Outside with Cordelia and Harmony, Buffy comes over to ask Cordelia if she can ask her some questions because they think that maybe there could be a link or she could be next or who knows. Because mm-hmm. it's obviously Cord- Mitch was Cordelia's boyfriend. Yep. And all of a sudden, you see Harmony fly backwards down the stairs and like someone all the way down the stairs. Pushed yeah. Her. Yeah. That wasn't a fall. That yeah. was dramatic. He flew down those stairs. Well, you know, obviously fell all the way to the bottom. They all come, everybody comes rushing over. Yeah, she says, um, Buffy asked what was wrong, and Snyder comes over. He's like, I'm the principal. I'll ask the questions. What happened? Like, you know, Same thing. Exactly. Buffy says, what happened? He just repeats the question. She says, she thinks her ankle's either broken or sprained or something. And then she said, some, and Cordelia says, she fell. And she's like, I was pushed. Mm-hmm. She's like, someone pushed me. And Buffy looks like, ooh, interesting. And Buffy hears a laugh. Like a giggle. Oh, I missed that. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that's why Buffy goes back up the stairs. Oh. And hears again and then sees like a door closing. Okay. I saw that. Okay. But I missed the first laugh. Okay. Interesting. I, I think so. Yeah. I think she hears No, something. I mean, you're, I imagine. Oh, she right. definitely hears one when she gets to the top of the stairs. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Because then she sees the door closing and stuff. So she goes into his office and she's just kind of looking around and she, something runs into her that we can't see that and Buffy can't see. So she knocks into something invisible, mm-hmm. and 
it seems like it was going into the band room. So Buffy follows into the band room and it's kind of like saying, hello, like, I just want to talk to you and trying to find out whatever this thing is or communicate with it. And we see, but Buffy doesn't see, one of the ceiling panels kind of lift up and come down. And I think she actually, like, when she comes into that room, she kind of trips over something that's invisible too. So oh, does she? Okay. Yeah. I know she does in the office before she goes into the band room, but. Uh, or yeah, sorry, I, in the office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She, yeah, she definitely looked, it, suppo- it was supposed to run into her, but it looked like she tripped over something. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just think the, the action wasn't correlate because she talks later about running into it. Like, oh. So, okay. but yeah, but Sarah Bush together looked like she tripped. Yeah, she did. Yeah, so yeah. it didn't really, I felt the same way too. I was like, she definitely made a tripping motion rather than. Yeah. Being shoved back by something. Walked into something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that didn't really match up well. Outside, Buffy's kind of relaying what she experienced to the group. And Giles. We, we see some weird suit guys. Yeah. Well, before that, Giles explains, like, what it's like to, like, he doesn't experience it personally, but he hears, he knows what people have said about uh, walking, being touched by a ghost. Right. That it's a, a cold feeling, makes your hair you stand up on your neck. Through them. Yeah. And she says, well, that wasn't a ghost then because it ran into me and it mm-hmm. wasn't cold. Yep. So they're thinking that now it's like Harmony plus Mitch equals Cordy is definitely probably the She's next victim. a common denominator. Yeah. And Xander's the one that was like, maybe it's an invisible person, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Where to go, Xander? A broken clock's right twice a day. <laughs> That's all I can say about Xander. <laughs> yeah. And then, as you said, um... Uh, yeah, we see the two men in black weirdly standing around a tree by the front of the school, and I didn't even, I, I, I don't know why. It's a long shot. Like, you are posed <laughs> to see them. It is very obvious, and I didn't, I'm, sometimes I'm too deep in the weeds. I don't see, like, the obvious things. I can't remember. So, yes, we see the men in black before we have that, nobody have that conversation. Them. Nobody says anything. Nobody, nobody notices, notices them. them. Weirdly. Including me. Wouldn't you Weirdly. notice, like, if you were in high school, like, wouldn't you notice that? I totally would have noticed some weirdo guys hanging around my high school like that. Well, Buffy didn't feel it was that weird that a little boy was hanging around the high school, so. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I just don't yeah. think they even saw them, to be fair. I don't just think they even saw they them. They didn't notice them? Yeah, they okay. didn't notice them. Appar- right. And I'm, I'm in that group as well, and I was looking right at them. So, <laughs> yes, we see some weird men in black. Cordelia has a dress fitting, so Buffy's going to just kind of hang out where her dress fitting's going to be to see if anything's going to happen. Yep. So that night in the school hallway, Buffy is looking through the window of a classroom. I don't know why she's trying on the dress at school, but she is. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. That is kind of weird. Kind of strange. She's saying just, you know, gaga over it. Everyone's like, oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, it is pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it. I'll it's give giving that. me once more with feeling vibes. If you know, you know. But... Uh, <laughs> And Buffy's is kind of like sadly kind of looking in the yeah, like she does that was sad. me that could have it could be me yep. it was me like she's feeling left out again she's feeling like how life has changed and everything and she yep. hears a flute yep. and just turns and we know that she hears the flute that's yep. basically that <laughs> in the library Giles is Giles also hears the flute he's well he's hears something he's, he hears some rustling. And he looks in the mirror and he turns around and Angel's there. Oh, right. Yeah. Because yeah. Angel doesn't have a reflection. Yeah. So he's startled. Again, love it. Giles scared. Every time Giles is startled, I just laugh and giggle forever. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Angel. Like, yada, yada, yada. They're kind of just having, like, some shop talk. 
And he's saying, hey, I know you're still trying to work on prophecies of master, about the master. Remember the master? He's still a problem. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's still down there plotting and scheming. Mm-hmm. And Giles says, you know, they've kind of had something else going on, you know, the visible girl. Yep. And he says that he's been trying to figure out the invisibility thing with, and he has the book in his hand. It's Legends of Visu, Vishnu. And it's, they assume it's like based on a major deity Hindu of the Hindu, Hindu trinity. And there's like a Lord Vinishu. And it says like one like tran, um, translation of it is basically him having no form. So that could be, he's trying to find out like more about maybe this person in this book was invisible. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why that's there. He says, yeah, I've, I've read through the, the what I have of the Slayer prophecies in regards to the the Master uh, when it comes to the final hours. And he says, the, but I don't have the most complete prophecies about the Slayer and with the end years. And he's like, the, the two that he mentions is the Tiberius Manifesto and the Pyrium Codex, yeah. which have been Codex. lost. Mm-hmm. And angel says that the codex was lost it was was not lost it was misplaced right and that he can get giles the codex which could be a huge deal in figuring out what what's going to happen with the master and how they can prevent it so my favorite line is actually in this scene okay um they go back to so after they were talking about the codex thing they were talking about um angel's non-reflection and angel says looking in the mirror and seeing nothing every day it's an overrated pleasure Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, because more than anybody, like, I think Giles is kind of intrigued by the invisibility. He says, like, it must be a heady experience. Exactly. Um, he's definitely, like, you know, you can choose, you choose your superpower of that question. He, I feel like Giles definitely chooses invisibility. He seems pretty intrigued with the, mm-hmm. with that, having that yeah. ability. Angel's like, it's not all cracked up to be. Exactly. You know, he's not I, invisible, I like but he is half yeah. invisible. <laughs> yeah. He has yeah, a reflection. Yeah, exactly. He's invisible yeah. to himself. Yeah. And I feel like that also just kind of lends to the theme of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully Angel can help him out. Mm-hmm. Right here we get a flashback of a student trying to talk. It's in the bathroom, I think. That Cordelia, Harmony, and some other girls are talking in the bathroom. There's another student. And they're talking about someone that came to speak to the school and how boring their presentation was. And the girl that we don't know says, oh, yeah, and his toupee, did you see his toupee? It was like a cabbage. And they just don't even really no. acknowledge her at all. They yeah. keep talking. She tries again to say something. And Cordelia, um, no, Harmony says, oh, we're talking, okay? And then Cordelia. Weird, like, they walked up to her and were like. Yeah, they kind of like, yeah, yeah. She was just washing her hands, minding her own business. Yeah. And Cordelia actually like just kind of like steals her line about the toupee looking like a cabbage. So she yeah. heard her. And then just exactly, and just stole her. It. it stole yeah. her line, and then and then everybody laughed, and then they just walked away. Yeah, and they just walked away. So she's just standing, standing there, like, okay, I feel invisible. <laughs> no fun. Yeah. All right, in the quad, we Principal Snyder announces that the May Queen is Cordelia. So she, Shocker. I don't even know if she had any competition. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't. Were too scared of her. They didn't talk about that. And if you watch throughout the episode, there's like her like posters of her face. Around on the walls and stuff like her campaign posters. I, totally I don't know if you caught that. any of those. No. Yeah, um, Willow, Xander, and Buffy are kind of sitting back watching. Buffy's trying to see if anything weird is going to happen. Willow yeah, has she thinks Cordelia is the key still to all. Yeah, of so she's keeping an eye on her. Yeah. Willow has pulled the dead and missing students list, and they also at this point Willow sees these the two guys we saw earlier. The suits. Yeah, the suits. The men in black. 
kind of hanging off on the edge of the edge of the crowd. And she's like, oh, did Cordelia hire like bodyguards now? <laughs> so they, they, they do see them. Yeah. And Buffy says that the last, the most recent missing person was Marcy Ross, who disappeared six months ago. Mm-hmm. And she was in band. She played the flute. She played the flute. Yeah. So Buffy's like, I heard a flute. So I think that she might be our invisible girl or and whatever she is. Willow and Xander are like, I don't recognize her name. Like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Even Will- like Willow is supposed to be at the pretty bottom of the totem pole. Yep. And she doesn't know who she is. I thought that was weird that they didn't recognize her. Pretty bad. Yeah. 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 In the band room, Buffy see she goes back to the band room to because that's where she had the last activity. She knows that that girl was in band, so that's where she decides to go back and sniff yep. around some more. She sees a footprint on a chair, and so she puts two two together up. that yeah that she's living up in the ceiling. So she mm-hmm. pulls herself up into the ceiling, and she kind of sees where Marcy's been living. Up she has like a little hiding spot. Yeah, she has like a little bed a flute. and <laughs> yeah, there's a flute. Okay, right. so it looks like someone's on, watching right. Buffy as she's sitting in this little hidey space. Mm-hmm. Looks like there's somebody might be creeping around in the background there. Mm-hmm. So also, there's a doll, which I did not catch this the first run through. The stuffed bear? No, not the stuffed bear? So no, not the stuffed bear. Okay. I actually, until I looked at like the trivia for this episode, I did not notice. And I was like, no way. And I went back and looked. So the, in the, kind of against the wall, there's a doll. Like a blonde doll in a dress, like one of those old-fashioned dolls. And it means nothing in the context of this episode, but this doll will be back. Oh, really? No, this was the same doll that we see later on. So it's like an Easter egg. Kind of, it's like a backward Easter egg. Like if you're rewatching, if you're watching now, it wouldn't, it won't mean anything to you. Right. Okay. So it's not like from a previous episode. No, it's from a few. When yeah, it's the future. Basically, just reused a prop. But she becomes important <laughs> she's creepy doll episode okay no she's not important but she becomes more notable is she in season two she is in season two okay yeah so it won't be that long before we uh, we see her again okay so i'll just say that her name is miss edith Okay, good to yeah. know. I can't believe it was Miss Edith. I, I was like, this down? no way. It can't be Miss Edith. It's Miss Edith. Okay. Guys, yeah. it's Miss Edith. Okay. <laughs> I never caught this before. So I was just like, all giddy about it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> those are all my people that I've watched before. Can we remind me of this when we're doing that episode? I will. She's around for a little bit. So, okay. Oh, okay. yes, I will remind you. It's not that far in the future. <laughs> okay. I got totally taken off path by Miss Edith. It's okay. Buffy finds so, a yearbook. Yeah. So she finds a yearbook and she opens it and it sees like all the writing is to, to Marcy. So she so can she confirm Marcy Ross. And while she's looking at the yearbook, we see a like shot of Buffy where there's like a steak knife raised <laughs> raised behind her back. And the look on Buffy's face feels like it looks like she senses something's behind her but she's not then then she just like doesn't like yeah. i don't know if they were I, like trying to do it too i noticed that too yeah the look on her face is like like kind of but like then scared she relaxes yeah immediately so i don't know if they shot this two ways yeah um where buffy senses something and then they didn't go there and then they but her sarah michigan's face was already like that so there definitely was weirdness there yeah. something didn't like fit together the puzzle didn't fit together very well uh but she takes the the yearbook with her and mm-hmm. just leaves because now she they, she's confirmed that it's Marcy Ross. Yep. 
In the classroom, Miss Miller is grading papers, and she hears somebody come into her room, and she thinks it's Cordy, because she says, Cordelia, could you possibly be on time? Yeah. And looks and doesn't see anyone. Nobody's there. Yeah, so she goes back to grading the papers, and all of a sudden, a plastic bag goes over her head. Well, oh, she hears laughing. Like, oh, yes, there's, there's yeah. some laughing, yeah. She, that, the plastic bag scene was really creepy. It was dark. Like, that's, in, yeah. that's intense that to put a plastic a bag over someone's head. Yep. yep. Yeah. So then we jump a little bit, can't be more than a couple minutes, and Cordelia walks in and sees Miss Miller passed out on her desk with the plastic bag over her head and runs over and rips it off. She's like, oh my God, are you okay? And Miss Miller comes too, thankfully, and says that she was attacked, but she didn't see who it was. And then all of a sudden, the chalk raises and starts writing on the chalkboard by itself, and it writes, listen. Yeah, and Cordelia sees it. Yes, how freaked out would you be? So we have look and listen. In the library, Buffy is showing everyone the yearbook, and she opens it up, and she's like, okay, look, everyone wrote, have a nice summer. And they have to explain to Giles that this is what you write to someone that you don't know. Yep. Like, it's As just like a generic no thing. friends at all. Yeah, it's, it's just like kiss of death. <laughs> yeah. And, okay, so I have a confession. Because right smack, just like Willow and Xander, right smack dab in the middle, have a nice summer, Ashley. It said oh, Ash. No. I signed it, it, and you I didn't even yearbook? remember. Just like that, I didn't remember. You're just like all the other ones. The, the main name right in the middle. The main signature. Way to shame me. Have That's a nice summer, bad. Ashley. Damn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mercy. Yeah. I am no, I am no better than anyone else at that school. <laughs> so I am just like another horrible person, like Xander and Willow. That <laughs> signed her yearbook and didn't even know who she was. So I'm sorry, Mercy. And they're like, well, we we don't we didn't know who she was. We they just didn't probably know her. It. We I didn't can't, know her. This just so surprises me because they they're not super popular, especially just, when Willow says that last year they had four classes together with her. Yeah, that's so harsh. And yeah. then so Xander's like, so she turned invisible because no one noticed her. Mm-hmm. Xander is weirdly adept in this episode. Would you say a clock clock is a broken, it, a clock, broken is still, clock is right twice a day. Twice a day? There's his second right. Yeah. <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> That's his second dong. <laughs> and Giles is kind of like has an aha moment where he says this is probably more about physics. Oh, yeah. He says mystical versus quantum mechanical. And then, yeah, physics. <laughs> yeah. Mixed, obviously, because you're on the hell mouth. So this physics doesn't physics like science doesn't exactly work normally over the hell mouth. Right. Even if it's not purely mystical. So this yeah. is something new. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a new idea that we haven't really explored. Then we get a flashback, which is, we explains why she attacked Miss Miller. Miss Miller is calling on everybody. They're having this he- another heat, a very heated discussion about something. I can't even remember what it is. About somebody yeah, being a know. hero of a story, but they've done something, bad things. Yeah. Like that. We don't really get more details on what they're discussing. And Marcy's there. We see Marcy, and she keeps raising her hand. Everyone's being called on her she keeps raising her hand raising her hand and miss miller is like not even noticing she's there no and then marcy starts noticing that because she has her hand raised it her hand is like getting transparent yeah Yeah. so she's beginning to like lose transparency in the library they the same group are still discussing that this was something that was done to her it's not power she got power she can control yeah Yeah, she can't control it she didn't choose it it was done to her they something they did to her Mm -hmm. yeah people in the room too yeah Cordelia walks in saying that she needs their help, that she has been targeted, that, you know, 
We've got Mitch, we've got Cordelia, we've got Harmony, and we've got Miss Miller, who is helping her. So she's like, someone's coming after me. It's all about me. Me, me, me. me. (laughs) And then it's like, for once, for once she's right. Yeah, that's right. And she's like, I came to you, Buffy, because I hoped you were in a gang. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny, too. You're so strong. You're always around when weird stuff happens. Yeah. So she's like, I have to come. I have to go to Buffy and her band of misfits to help me because I feel with like her, they, if anybody can, it's them. With her weird weapons. Yeah. Her bat. You have a purse full of weapons. <laughs> in the ceiling, or maybe she's in the room, but by the time we see this uh, scene, she's in the ceiling. Marcy is listening, definitely has heard what's been discussed. It is mad that Cordelia doesn't know who she is. Yeah. And... Because they kind of say, like, the person that's haunting you is Invisible Girl Marcy Ross. And she, they have their yearbooks to show her the picture. Show her. And she's and, like, I've never seen her before. Yeah. So Marcy doesn't like that. No. Marcy that don't, angry. don't like that. <laughs> so she's basically like, oh, they're going to pay. They, like, suck the life out of you and all this. Like, she's really getting raging now. Marcy yeah. is really on the warpath now. Buffy thinks that Marcy will go after Cordelia at the coronation. And so they can use Cordelia as bait. And that they have, the, they have like you mentioned, they have the words, look and listen mm-hmm. but she's like what do they mean they're like i don't think marcy wants us to know yet what they mean she's yeah. just dropping these breadcrumbs for us uh we're not supposed to know yet yep. so the final act hasn't happened yet for marcy yep. it's still happening and it's probably gonna happen with Cordelia. so willow giles and xander are going to research like how to kind of uncloak somebody that's invisible because mm-hmm. buffy cannot fight well someone that she can't see so yep. buffy's just gonna try to do her best to keep cordelia safe and draw Marcy out. Now, this is a really interesting scene. In the hallway, Buffy and Willow, or Buffy and Cordelia, sorry, are walking and talking about how lonely Marcy must have felt. Yeah, this was actually a really deep scene. She's like, oh, have you heard, have you read something about the feeling of loneliness? And Cordelia says, I, you know, I feel really alone and you can be al- be surrounded by people and be alone. Yeah. I don't think these people even, these people don't even know me. They're too busy agreeing with me to even hear what I'm saying. And Buffy's like, well, why do you try so hard to be popular then? And she's like, it's better than being alone. Like being lonely when, by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so. It beats being alone, yeah, all by, it beats being alone all by yourself, yep. Yeah, so we're, Cordelia's opening up to Buffy about having feelings of loneliness that we definitely didn't see coming. No, sure. I actually, I, when, um, I really liked it when she said, sometimes when I talk, people are so busy agreeing with me, they don't hear a word I say. Mm-hmm. So it's very, I kind of pegged her as someone who was completely self-absorbed that didn't really notice anything going on around her. And this is really showing that she actually is quite aware of what's going on around her. Yeah, it was a very human moment for Cordelia. Yes. And also, like, you you don't see, even people that you really, really see, like, she's the most popular girl in school, doesn't mean you see everything that's going on with her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, in her emotions and home I mean, life and all this stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like you just assume that everything's all perfect for her because that's kind of how she acts. But, I mean, we don't actually know her. We just, we assume kind of like she assumes we're just as bad as she is, really. Yeah, and I feel like she is the 1997 personification of Instagram. You only see, like, this, like, polished, happy, filtered image. Mm -hmm. And that's that's not what anybody is like or anybody's life is like. So exactly. obviously yeah. Instagram didn't exist then, Ooh, but if it did, it would be a, Cordelia. That was a good analogy. Like <laughs> nice. In the library, Willow, Giles, and Xander hear a flute 
And so they know that it's probably Marcy. So they're like, okay, maybe we can reason with her or we can at least grab her because there's three of us. Like, if that doesn't work. They follow it into the basement where only good things happen. I mean, why? Come on, guys. We know this. It's like running up the stairs in a horror movie. We've already learned this. I'll be right back. Uh, yes. Okay. I'll be right back. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> so they follow it into the boiler room in the basement. And Xander says, uh, can, you, can you say gulp? Because oh, it's, yeah, it's uh, just a recording. Re- it's a boom box. Yeah. They got recording. Lured. They got lured oh. and there was a trap. And then the door slams shut. They're trapped in there. And the gas has been, like, broken, essentially. So there's gas from the furnace, like, leaking into the room. And they're already coughing and, like, very quickly happening. In the hallway, Cordelia is changing in a mop closet. So Buffy finds somewhere safe for her to change. And Buffy kind of tries to... Buffy wasn't buying it before, I think, what Cordelia was saying. She was just Mm -hmm. like... Okay. But I think now Buffy's like kind of kind of trying to connect with her about what she was saying because she does yeah. say that in LA when she was popular, she did kind of feel like something was missing. Like she just probably didn't feel like she had like a genuine connection with anyone, mm-hmm. which is what kind of Cordelia is kind of saying. Yeah. You know, it's a very superficial relationships and friendships. Exactly. Yeah. And Buffy says she probably she could relate to that when she was really popular in LA and at Henry. And she's kind of trying to talk and then she hears a scuffle and Cordelia's not answering. And so she breaks down the door and Cordelia is being, is being taken through the ceiling. And she's like, Buffy! And her little feet are like... <laughs> her little feet are like, like paddling up into the ceiling. It was so funny. Uh, like her dress. Through the ceiling she goes. So Buffy jumps up there to follow her. In the boiler room, the gas is leaking and they are in a dire situation. They realize they can't get out. Yeah. The, vol- the valve is broken. They can't yeah. turn it off. Xander tries to, bl- I said, my note says, Xander tries to blow them all up <laughs> by trying to open the door with a metal, like, something. I, I probably would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have been thinking. I just yeah, like, Giles, get this door open. Yeah, Giles says, one spark and this whole place is going up. We'll take yeah. the whole school with us. So they can't really use brute force in that way to open the door. Nope. In the ceiling, Buffy goes to where Mar- she knew Marcy was living and Cordelia is knocked out on the bed. Buffy is attacked and falls through one of the, like, ceiling like the the the, the uh, you know some of those areas you can walk on and some of them you can't like they're really like weak ceiling panels she falls through that yeah. falls onto a table it's a pretty bad fall and she's disoriented for sure yeah and then like a old doctor's bag yeah this is so creepy again so yeah creepy. falls out next to her and then it opens and there's a syringe that comes out and buffy's oh, starting gosh. to come too and marcy injects buffy in the neck with something and buffy passes out so, so yeah, this creepy. is a really creepy episode. Pretty yes. dark. Yep, and only gets darker. <laughs> At the bronze, Buffy and Cordelia wake up tied to thrones, which is yeah. so, it's just a cool like. Lo- it just I just like it. I just love it. The other the bronze is decorated. They're tied to these these thrones, and Cordelia says that her face is numb. <sighs> Why? I don't know. Yeah, again, creepy. And then they're like, she's like, "What does that mean?" And they look at like the curtain that's in front of him and it says learn and glitter it looks gorgeous it does actually yeah, like marcy nice. has some good crafting skills yeah because mine they would be like what does it say <laughs> like lord what <laughs> no, it says learn guys okay oh okay that so you know marcy has her good points in the boiler room giles has done something to the boiler to buy them like a few he minutes slows it down yeah he like does something. his hand up real bad doing it yeah i think he's able to turn it somewhat to like yeah. stop to, to slow the flow of the gas, but yeah, he just got, he says he gained them a few minutes. Yeah. At the bronze, Marcy is, rolls in a surgical tray 
that's covered in a white sheet. It's very creepy. It is, actually. And she pulls it away, and there's all these surgical tools on there, like, really gruesome, like, looking surgical tools Mm -hmm. that you do not want to see. (laughs) Marcy says that she's going to give Cordelia a face no one will ever forget. That her face is what makes her special, makes her light shine a little brighter than the rest of us. Mm -hmm. And that she's really going to give them, give her a face that no one will ever forget seeing. She's basically going to mutilate her to the point where people will have nightmares about her. Which is... Essentially. Horrible. Yeah. Marcy's (laughs) lost it. Lost the plot completely. Yeah. In the boiler room, Willow is now passed out, and Giles and Xander cover that thing, whatever, a crowbar, whatever it was, like, I don't know, a towel or something, and they're trying to break out that way, so they would something that wouldn't be metal on metal, so there wouldn't be a spark. So they're still trying to get out of there. And the bronze... Marcy kind of says Buffy's there because she got in her way of exacting her vengeance. So now her, she doesn't say this to Buffy, but like basically her, Willow, Giles, and Xander are like collateral damage because uh, they're trying to like get in her way and stop her from exacting her her plan. Right. Marcy goes on to say that children will dream about Cordelia, that people will take the sight of their May Queen to their graves. So yeah, basically saying that she's going to mutilate her so bad people will be thinking about it when they die. That's cool. Yeah, which is terrible. And she lifts the scalpel up, and I'm just like, oh, God. She's lifting the scalpel and says that she numbed her face because if she doesn't, then Cordy will pass out, and she wants her awake for the whole thing. Like, Which wow. is, holy, yeah, holy crap. Oh, my God. Wow. Like, this is some next-level horror movie stuff. Yeah, that is really messed up. Yeah. And this whole time, Buffy is kind of trying to get, like, She's tied, but trying to get, like, a little, one of the tools on the edge of the tray. And she finally gets one, and, like, this whole time she's, like, kind of, like, cutting the ropes. And she, right before Marcy's going to start cutting Cordelia, she says they're going to start giving her a wider smile. So I think she's going for the Joker aesthetic. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I got, too. That's, like, what I think it would look like. So Buffy breaks free, and she knows kind of where Marcy is because she's holding the scalpel, and she, like, pushes her to get her away from Cordelia. So they have this, like, pretty interesting... I don't know if you can call it a fight because Buffy can't see. Yeah. Buffy just but gets Buffy and Marcy are kind of scuffling and fighting. Yeah. And Cordelia still gets, <clears throat> she still got a nick on her cheek, man. Yeah. She did get nicked. Yeah. Because she did Oof. cut her on her cheek. Yeah. In the boiler room at the last minute, basically they're all passing out and Angel opens the door and pulls them out and saves them and they start to come to. And Angel is like, I was here. I was coming through the basement to give you the codex. And he gives him the book. So he found it. And he said he smelled the gas. Thank God. And saved them. And that he's going to turn the gas off because it's not like he needs the oxygen. He doesn't have to breathe. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to breathe. So Angel nice. saved them and he's going to save the school. Angel saves the day. Mm-hmm. And the bronze, Marcy is really kicking Buffy's butt because Buffy can't see her. Yeah, exactly. And if you remember earlier in the episode, Giles says, oh, she's like, oh, how am I going to like fight her? And Giles says something, well, maybe you have to start listening to people. And she's like, oh, very funny. But <laughs> it kind of comes full circle in this yeah. scene when Buffy tells Cordelia to shut up. She harnesses that hearing powder. And power. she, yeah, and she uses her like slayer instincts. And I, this shot is beautiful. It was actually. It goes on long. It goes on longer than expected, but not too long. Not like the yep. pack, like uh, walking montage. It goes on and on and on. And I'm like, what did I get out of that? Nothing. But um, this one is like so beautiful. Like the slow mo with, with the yep. wind and everything. And I just love this you part. Can just, you can slightly hear someone breathing, which is what mm-hmm. Abby hears. And then you hear a creak. 
And then, like, where Marcy steps somewhere, a very light creek, and then she knows where she is, and she punches her lights out. Basically, she goes into a curtain, thankfully, so now she can see her form because it's covered with the curtain. So now she can, like, (laughs) yeah, now she can, now she's been kind of uh, cloaked. Decloaked. Yeah. Cloaked, yes. Cloaked, decloaked by a cloak. (laughs) Um, And now she can really see where she's at, and she can, like, wail on her. These the back door opens and these the men in black that we've been seeing like <laughs> stalk the school come in and they're like okay FBI we'll take it from here and they're like what like yeah this is it's weird so weird they're like we'll take her and they kind of like take her she's still covered in the in the curtains so you can kind of see them moving this figure away Buffy's like this has happened before obviously <laughs> like at other schools like and I can't say anything can you like. What are you going to do with her? Like, how are you going to help her? And they say they're going to rehabilitate her so that she will be yeah, useful member of society. A, a useful member of society. And Buffy's and like, that, okay. Yeah. Well, and they tell her to f- just forget it. And then so she's like, yep. Okay. Sure. I, w- I, I don't know. I feel like this is not something Buffy would have done. That seems a little in weird. In season five or six or seven or even four. She'd be like, yeah. no, no, no. You're not taking her anywhere. Exactly. We're going to deal with this in-house. I We're going to get her weird. the like help she, she needs. She just gets carted off. Yeah. Buffy in later seasons would not have allowed her to be okay. carted off. Um, right. but, so we'll see more of her character development, I guess. I mean, these guys could have been fake. Who knows they could have been? No, we don't know anything. Buffy, even if it, like, you know. But it's a big reveal that the government knows about these, like, supernatural yeah. slash... Invisible people? Yeah, like, I know this was, like, kind of lended a bit more towards, like, physics and stuff, but Mm -hmm. they know about these kind of, like, weird happenings, basically. This is not a surprise to them. So they come and collect her. In the hallway, Giles says that, he lies to Buffy and says that the janitor found them, because he's telling her about what happened. Yeah, Yeah. she doesn't, because they're... I don't want her to know. uh, Willow, I mean, Angel and Buffy are trying to stay away from each other. So sad. And, oh, I forgot to mention something. When Giles and angel are talking i feel like giles is like oh how like poetic that a slayer a vampire's in love with a slayer Mm -hmm. and he seems so cool and relaxed around angel which is so weird to me i think it's because he knows that angel doesn't feed on he has no qualms about angel and her having some kind of thing together that he that he says Mm -hmm. and he's just kind of like very quick to work with angel just because he doesn't feed on people, he's a demon. Well, well he does have a soul. I, I don't know. It just seemed weird for him to be so trusting of Angel right away. To yeah, me, I don't really think considering about that. he's a watcher, it just yeah. rang too trusting too soon for me. Okay. Anyway, yeah. but I, probably now he does trust him more because he just saved his life. Yeah, exactly. So, and brought him the codex. And brought him the codex. So you know that did help. But this is all, he was like, hey, Angel, what's up? Before any of this happened, which I thought was a bit weird. So he lies and says that the janitor saved them. He doesn't want to bring Angel up. And Cordelia comes over and says, thank you, which is crazy. Thank you for saving me. I didn't get a chance to say it at the coronation. And they're like, you're welcome. Very heartfelt, very appreciative. Mm -hmm. It's genuine. And then Willow invites her to lunch, because, you know... Willow's a nice person. We can be friends. Yeah, Willow's nicer than me. I'd be like, you're welcome. Get away from me now. Yeah, same. (laughs) And then, before she can even answer, Mitch comes over and is like, oh, what are you doing talking to these losers, or whatever he says. And just like that, like... She switches back to Cordy. She switches and says, 
ew, I wasn't talking to that. I was just, like, helping them with their fashion disasters. I wouldn't want to be part of that, like, social leper colony or something like that. <laughs> She's so mean. And she just walks off talking about them. And they're like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. back to normal. Lesson learned from this episode. Back to normal. And then the ending was a nice touch. The ending was great. But I actually want to talk a little bit about the look, listen, learn. Okay, yeah. I didn't really... Yeah, okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, before we get to the very, very, very good ending. Like, it's one of my favorite. Connect the dots. It's really one of my favorite Buffy endings, honestly. Like, I had forgotten how good this ending was. But, but look, listen, learn. I feel like look was. I I don't know really why she even went after Mitch because they didn't have, they didn't show in a flashback any connection between them. But the flashback that we did see showed that she was not even being acknowledged by Cordelia and Harmony. And then listen the teacher wouldn't listen to her didn't want to hear what she had to say even though she like saw her and then learn was that she even said to cordelia said like what do you want to teach us and she's like i'm not the teacher you're the lesson so basically she was going to mutilate cordelia so bad that it was going to teach like she hoped that it would teach other people not to be like her Hmm. so that those are my interpretations of like the clue that she left that's actually i think that's actually really really insightful yeah so i think that's what she was trying to say with those but let us know if you thought differently because i would be interested because it's so vague so i'd like to know if anybody else has a different take on it so we go to a i'm sure undisclosed fbi top secret location obviously obviously and they like are kind of guiding this obviously invisible marcy into a room with the teacher or lady at the front of the classroom Mm -hmm. and nobody else there but she walks in you should fit right in here they're like hi marcy like say hi to the marcy the class and everyone's like hi but you don't see anybody obviously Mm -hmm. and he's okay marcy take a seat so she sits down i don't know how she knows what seat isn't taken because she shouldn't be able to see other invisible people exactly uh i wish the teacher would be like oh take a seat there and said something about the seat because they shouldn't be they should all be looking around seeing an empty classroom yeah right so but, but she knows exactly where to sit. And she says, the teacher says to open their to page whatever, but it's chapter 11, their <laughs> textbook. And the title of the chapter is Assassination and Infiltration. I had like a, like a, like a space there and I miss it. And yeah, she's like, cool. So they're being used as spies and assassins for the American yep. government. Weird. Which is insane ending. I love that ending. Yeah. Like, that is so crazy. Yeah. Did you notice anything else about the chapter? Oh, uh, I did not, actually. I just noticed the title. Okay, so the text below it is the lyrics for Happiness is a War and Gun by the Beatles. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah. Good catch. I noticed it right away. I was like, oh, these are like lyrics to Beatles songs. I'm a big Beatles fan. <laughs> and then, uh, but they did change a few things. They said, instead of Happiness is a Warm Gun, they said, Joy is a Warm, or Joy is a Hot Revolver. Oh, okay. Which Revolver is a, another Beatles album, so I don't know if that was intentional or they didn't want to say gun. Uh, I'm not sure. Huh. But it could be a okay. reference to another Beatles album. Yeah. And then the last line, something about monkeys or something, that's not part of the song. Hmm. So I don't know what that line means. Interesting. Yeah, but the rest of it is just lyrics to a Beatles song. Huh. That's so Very crazy. Much. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. such. I, I love this ending so much. This is a good top ending for me for sure. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. So, and then that's the end. So Marcy has been recruited against her will to be a spy, but she seems to be okay she with it. She seems happy she's, enough with she it. She's cool. She's fine. Now I guess like she just, the bloodlust is there, even though she hasn't killed anyone. 
but maybe that's what they were waiting for. Maybe that's why it took them so long. Jeez. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because Buffy even asked them, like, what took you guys so long? And they're like, oh, we got here as fast as we could. We were just standing in the quad for two days, three, two, three days. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But we couldn't get here. Okay. All right. Sure. Okay. So that's uh, out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was a great episode. I really liked this one. It was a really good episode, actually. Yeah. So my favorite line was, there are no dead students here this week. (laughs) <laughs> and a Principal Snyder for that one. That, that was a good one. And my favorite scene was the bronze scenes. The, the bronze scenes. So when they're in the thrones, like, she's like talking to Cordelia about her face, uh, the whole like fight scene, and then that shot with Buffy like mm. honing her slayer instincts to to hear um, to hear Marcy. I love that whole thing. So that, that was, was my favorite scene. scene. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my favorite line was when Giles says, a vampire in love with a slayer, it's rather poetic in a... Mm something sort of way i missed what he said modeling sort of way modeling i don't i didn't mm-hmm. understand what he said there anyway um and then my favorite scene i'm gonna say i i really liked it i mean the scene the fight scene or when she's honing her hearing senses that was a really good scene but um i'm gonna go with this scene where her and cordy were kind of like when cordy opened up i really appreciated that character development of her um, that's a good one yeah yeah this whole episode was really fo- like centered and focused on her character development and i actually really liked that yeah, the first human moment we've seen of Cordy yeah. in yeah. 11 episodes. Yeah. Because she's just a horrible cretin most of the time. So <laughs> Yeah, she is. Yeah, so, yeah, this was a big one for all those reasons, yeah. 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 Okay, so stake rating. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go? Uh, you can go first. I give it a five. Whoa. Yeah, okay. I just love this episode. Wow. It's pretty dark. Pretty dark it themes. Is. Like, mm-hmm. she's going to, like, mutilate her or the bag over the head. Super creepy. Like, yeah, I think it, it was pretty dark for a buff, for season one Buffy episode. Yeah, it was like, like a horror movie, like a real legit creepy horror movie. Yeah, it was really well done. I really liked it. Yeah. I liked the plot. Like, I liked the whole invisible girl getting revenge yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I liked that. I think it stood up. I think it stood up. Like, you could watch, this could be on TV today, and I think it would still be entertaining. I agree with that. Yeah, so I yeah. don't think it was, like, dated or... The plot didn't age. There wasn't a lot of like, ooh, we wouldn't say we wouldn't do that today. Ah, uh, yes, you're much right. Much of that. So I think it is. This one stood the test of time. Okay. I like the two. I love the reveal that the government kind of knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. That'll not be the last time we hear from about from the government about uh, okay. um, the you know the the world of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. They're aware of it, and we will see them again at some point. Okay. And then Cordy. Like, Cordy was a big part of this episode, yeah. and she really delivered, like, to be a human and make us, like, not totally hate her to our very core. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that, too. Um, I gave it four and a half stakes. Okay. Um, a lot of the things what you said, too. I, I just, I really liked the character development of Cordelia. I thought that was a really strong move in this episode. Also, I just really liked how they didn't do any... Um, but this supernatural? Wasn't supernatural, thank you. I mean, I guess it kind of is, but, like... Well, Giles says it, like, straddles a line, right? Yeah. He's like, it says it's, like, physics, yeah. but it's physics on a hell mouth. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I, kinda, yeah. I liked that, how it was a little different. Yeah. Yeah, he does, like, say there's, like, a big... Like, it's mostly science, but it's science on a hell mouth. So that's something that we haven't... We haven't experienced yet. yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, Malcolm, I guess. Uh, yeah, he was, okay. he was a demon. He was just a demon in a... He was just a demon in a computer. Yeah. So I guess that... He used but he was still science. a demon, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's different. Just, it's yeah. different. I felt yeah. like this was actually really different. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a different take that was entertaining and I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So your question for next week, which okay. is the finale, season one finale, Prophecy Girl. Prophecy Girl. In Prophecy Girl, there was a cartoon playing on a TV. What's the cartoon? What? Okay, so we're talking 1997. Yes. What kind of cartoon would they be watching at that point in time? Um, I'll tell. I'll tell you. I mean, I, I don't know how many. Like, there weren't adult cartoons. Are like way more popular now. Like, you know, Simpsons, Family Guy, whatever. Even though the Simpsons were around then, I'll tell you, it's a it's a kids cartoon. Like, okay, like a children's a cartoon, cartoon. like okay. Sunday morning cartoon type of thing. Okay, so like Looney Tunes or something like that. That would yeah, that'd be in the right wheelhouse. Okay, uh, let's go with Looney Tunes. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll see if you if you are a prophecy girl or not. Right. <laughs> oh, and I did scribble some notes here that there was a lot of Scooby Doo references in this in I'm this sure. episode. Maybe I should have picked that. Willow. It's not Scooby Doo. Okay. That would have been funny. Oh, so Willow's shirt. Willow's wearing the very obvious one is Willow's wearing a Scooby Doo shirt. No, I missed that. Buffy is wearing a purple scarf around her neck, the way Daphne wears it. Oh, nice catch. Okay, yeah. And she goes on later to play Daphne in the Scooby-Doo movies. Oh, that's right. Okay. And then when Xander says something along the lines of, can you say gulp? Oh, yeah. That's a Scooby-Doo thing, too. That's That's a Scooby-Doo. It's a line from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. shaggy thing. Okay. And this isn't, like, now, but, like, there's a whole Scooby-Doo undertone to the show. Like, later... We, they haven't used the phrase yet, but the whole the core group get, is known as the Scoobies, Scooby Gang later on. They haven't used that terminology yet, but that came to my mind, too. That So there, there someone is a Scooby-Doo fan in the show, like, in, like, That's the true. writer's room or Joss. Somebody is a Scooby-Doo fan because we okay. constantly see, like, Scooby-Doo stuff come up. That's funny. I didn't notice that. Good catch. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that was just, like, a few little things that I noted as well. So that wraps up Season 1, Episode 11, Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Again, you can find us on all major podcast apps and YouTube and Instagram at One Girl and All the World Pod. You can email us at onegirlpod at gmail.com. And also, we are doing a giveaway on our Instagram, so please Woo-hoo. go over there. We're giving away a Buffy sticker pack, which will include a One Girl and All the World podcast sticker. That it's a really cute sticker. It came out well. I was surprised. I was like, I, I will like see. We'll see. Yeah. You know, you make these online and you're like, okay, we'll see what it's printed. But it came out good. So yeah. you can have one of those if you win the giveaway. So get to our Instagram and be following so that you don't miss the post when I post about the giveaway rules and everything. And also, do us a little favor. We're going to give you some free stickers. Please go to whatever podcast app you're on and leave us a five-star review. Give us some reviews. Yeah, give us some reviews. You can just hit the stars or you can actually write something, which would be nice. You don't have to write something, but yes, we like like feedback. Yeah, if it's nice, we'll read it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Give you a little shout out. Yeah, so get over there. (laughs) Because I think on iTunes, we only have like two. It's like me and my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. I better get on there. I think, yeah. Come on, Kimmy. (laughs) Practice what you preach, girlfriend. Damn it. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna be th- there's going to be three by the time this <laughs> happens. Come on, give it, I got to get out of my family members and stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so just head over there and just quickly give us a little review. That would be really nice. All right, so thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next week with episode Prophecy Girl. The finale. The season one finale. Can you believe it? We're already almost done with season one. Yeah. Woohoo. Okay, right. we'll see you next next time. Slay you real soon. Bye, guys. Bye.